To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. No, I probably had COVID like 74 times. I have no clue and I don't care. Everybody liked Blanche. Because Blanche was a pig who took it in the ass. Did you smell your poop? Did you learn anything? Did you read about the dog story? Why the f*** is my ex-girlfriend who I despise calling me? A lot to blame on the news. It's a lot to blame on Anthony Fauci, that Italian leprechaun. Almost like it never existed, but it fucking did. So do me a favor. Go f*** yourself. Jay here, positivesarcasm.com. Sweat my ass off here from Spare Parts Studios. Like, subscribe, share, donate. Positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Check out the merchware check, 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 check section. Uh, and uh, check out the Weeble link for free stocks in the affiliate link in the description down below. Now is a good time. Anytime. Do it now. Get yourself some free stocks. Start that portfolio. The bottom's going to drop out of the market very, very soon. And now is the best time to get after it. So go ahead and do that. I'll get free stocks as well when you jump on. Full transparency. It's a great way of supporting this podcast. It's a great way of supporting what I'm doing. Uh, and it gets you started. It gets you started. I want to talk about uh, underage workers. I want to talk about Q&A. I want to talk about coffee. I want to start with coffee. So... Obviously, I'm still disgusted by the amount of people I see in the drive-thru of pretty much every Starbucks uh, across the center of this galaxy. Um, how much you're paying? How much is a standard cup of coffee right now at Starbucks? Let me just take a look here. Let's pull up. Um, what are we doing here? So, average coffee price Starbucks. Even in New Hampshire, we have fucking food tax. So. A venti cup of coffee from Starbucks costs $2.45. Despite the fact that the coffee prices have risen, Americans continue to consume larger coffee sizes. This trend is not only unhealthy, but it is also certainly a costly one. A single cup of coffee now a single cup of coffee now costs five dollars and forty seven forty cents on average. Really? Hold on. Um Let me see. Starbucks is raising their price again. Okay. So the average price of a Starbucks drink in the U.S. is currently $2.75. Uh, that's the New York City. That's like their small coffee. So that's like um, they're just their small coffee. Just a regular small-ass coffee um, is $2.75. Back in 2018 when I was – 2018, 2019 when I was actually drinking Starbucks. I stopped after 2019, I think, or 2018, one or two. It was $2.10 for just a regular-ass black coffee. Now, do I like Starbucks coffee? Like, in its original form, yes. As the beans, you grind them, stuff like that. I was a big fan of that coffee. But making it at Starbucks, it really, it's not even that great. Now, that being said, Dunkin' Donuts coffee is fucking disgusting. It is definitely the bottom of the totem pole garbage-ass coffee uh, compared to Starbucks. It just is. It's just, it's not that Starbucks is good. It's just that Dunkin' Donuts is dog shit. Um, I don't, I'm not going to speak for, uh, uh, Tim Hortons or, or Honeydew. I'm not going to, or even Coffee Bean. I don't, I know that they exist. I haven't had a long time to sample their coffee, so I'm not going to talk shit about them. So Canada, for all your faults, 
Please forgive me. I have yet, I have, I have yet to sample Tim Hortons on a long-term basis. If it's good, please let me know. Um, so I turned to Aroma Joe's for quite some time. Aroma Joe's is actually that, you know, that average Joe type of coffee that has flavor, that has options, that has a reasonable drive-through, that is a low-maintenance coffee that's relatively good. They have very good iced coffees, but like Dunkin' Donuts, sometimes they happen to fuck up. Um, is it annoying? Yes. However, I always say if you don't like the if you don't like buying your coffee or you don't like that your coffee gets they get your coffee wrong, make your own, which is not a difficult task. I don't want to hear it, and it's far less expensive. That being said, I do have to give kudos to the most unusual spot to go get coffee. Now, I you all all have all maybe have sampled the super sugary ass cappuccinos that are at most like convenience store locations or gas store locations whatever and it's like french vanilla english toffee and then there's like chocolate hot chocolate or something like that or sugar-free french vanilla and they're super sugary they they're not healthy for you and honestly it just tastes like a sugary ass coffee but we've all enjoyed them from time to time but since then Circle K, among all places, uh, I got a couple articles to back this up. I've had, I've been, I've been made fun of for this, but Circle K has, which you find at like Irving stations and whatever, they have. If I was to go out and grab a cup of coffee, I, I, I'm, I'm having a really hard time instead of going to the Aroma Joe's, making a stop by the Circle K. Because I found that their hot coffee to be actually quite good, and their iced coffee was fantastic. And I can't think of another word to describe it, but it was, I mean, dare I say, enlightening. But it was actually, it was actually quite good. Like I drank this coffee and I go, this is really tasty, and it wasn't full of garbage per se. So. The hot coffee, they have like this machine. Obviously, I don't know if it's like a if it's like a K cup that pops in. Not a fan of K cups, anyways. But it's if you've seen the if you've seen the machine, it has like a bunch of beans stored up on top and different. You know, you have your breakfast blend, you have your Colombian roast, and you have like your hazelnut, and then you have like some random ass temporary house blend that they happen to make trade for. And I I always get the Colombian roast, so I go to the cappuccino machine. I get about 20 to 30% of the cappuccino machine and then I head over to the coffee section and I fill up to the co- I fill the rest up with I fill the other 60% up with coffee and then I top it off with a little bit of half and half or the heaviest cream they have with maybe one open uh, creamer and then maybe like some french vanilla powder or something like that and I take that to go and to me perfectly constructed uh, less than $2 for like a 20 ounce and it's fantastic very, 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 very good coffee if you're on the go. And there's never a line. So never a line the way you wanted. Really, really tasty. Wow. It's almost too good to be true. Now, they also have an iced coffee machine. So the iced coffee machine, um, it's right it's right next to this hot coffee maker. And you just hit the button. Now, go and get your – here's the cool thing. Your own amount of ice. 
your own amount of ice. Imagine that. You have say over how much ice goes in your iced coffee because we all know that if you don't drink your iced coffee in under 45 seconds, it's basically going to be mud water. So getting a little bit of ice, probably about 20% worth of ice, and after that, just going over to the coffee machine with, first of all, cover the ice in a little bit of cream, Mm -mm. and then from there, add your iced coffee in, and then type, top it off with a little bit of cream, maybe a little bit of little bit of cinnamon, and then cover it up and go. Now, the iced coffee had, obviously, it was a full balanced coffee, but generally with iced coffee, you, my advice is if you have, if you bought a bag of coffee and you hate it, make it iced coffee, turn it into iced coffee, basically cook it, you know, brew it, put it in the fridge till it's super cold, add ice, add cream, you're good. Iced coffee, you didn't waste anything, you know, Joey Pennybanks fucking saves the day once again. You did not waste a purchase. But in this case, with the iced coffees at Circle K, not only is it like more than sufficient, but it has this like afterburst of flavor, which really it's like the full of – it's not just the aroma of the coffee that you get, but the aroma is the fl- is actually the flavor and you taste it. So you get, you get your iced coffee fix and then after that you get to taste the actual aroma of the coffee bean itself. It's wonderful, absolutely wonderful that you can. And Circle K's are all over the place, and I don't know what other convenience uh, venues also utilize the same practices of the machines and whatnot. But since fair trade has become more mainstream, and a lot of farmers in South America and in Africa and in Asia, and even in, yeah, in Mexico, of course, Central America as well. Uh, have started throwing their hat in, hey, we have coffee farms too. We have coffee bean farms too. Do you want to make a trade? And they're becoming more mainstream. And that has made the availability of really, really good good coffee uh, available to not just like the, you know, hey, let's go to our local coffee spot where they fucking pour like 60 pounds of cream in and they make a little heart with the straw and all that other freaking bullshit. It's not just stuck to those areas anymore it's like you can go to a circle k you know big corporate capitalism and you can get a super delicious coffee and i'm 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 serious like you want to spend your money i i had a huge rant on this several years ago about literally people going to dunkin donuts to buy something that they knew was going to get fucked up so they could complain about it later and the people who and then the opposite of those people are the people that go to Starbucks and are fucking control freaks and literally spend the extra two, three, four, five dollars on something so that they have control over the person who's bought, who's making the coffee and they can look down on. They pay an extra two dollars to literally belittle a restaurant worker. That's what I feel like it is. You walk into Starbucks either because you're homeless and you need a place to take shit. Um, you need the or B, you're a college student and you need the Wi-Fi, so you buy a really cheap coffee and you sit there for three hours. Or C, you go there because you want to go belittle the wait staff there. You want to go belittle and treat the baristas like shit so you can feel better about your poor ass existence. That's I think the pretty much the, the three categories of Starbucks drinkers or whatever, or Starbucks goers per se. The belittler 
the college student who needs the Wi-Fi, and the homeless guy. That's it. Bum, college student, belittler. <laughs> so um, that is it. That's the reason you have lines around the block of people going to the Green Lady. However, if they were to wise up anytime soon, and we know for sure that they absolutely will not, they could go to the Circle K, cut into those corporate profits uh, of the Starbuckians, and go and, sell, go and actually get yourself a really, really good coffee. I mean it. The iced coffees are fantastic, and the hot coffee is more than sufficient than the fucking high-priced garbage you're going to get over at the SB. Now, obviously, Aroma Joe's is like a sentimental. It's like, ah, I love it. That, you know, I like it. But if it's not nearby, your automatic go-to is the Circle K. That being said, that being said about things that I actually beat said, there's articles about it, courtesy of clearlycoffee.com and C-Store Decisions. So... What kind of coffee machine does Circle K use? Well, let's read about it, stupid. Where's the article monitor? By the way, if you want to support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Uh, October 21st by Clearly Coffee. That's the one. That's the one. That's the freaking coffee maker. So they got the house blend. They got the breakfast blend or hazelnut. And then they got the Colombian roast in the back, which is like your darker roast. And look at that. So hot coffee refills. Uh... Over 32 ounces, $2.09. So if you're going on a full-blown homicidal blender, you can fuel up for $2.09. If you're getting 20 ounces, it's a buck 19. And this was 2021, so maybe it's like a dime more. Question, what kind of coffee machine does Circle K use? I've started getting coffee there, and a machine that makes really like one coffee at a time, and it's actually really good. Annette J. Answer, Circle K has definitely improved their coffee game. They upgraded their machines a few years back. Instead of brewing a big pot that gets stale after an hour, oh, God, I remember that, and has to be poured out and rebrewed by fucking daughtery in the, the her dirty-ass fingernails because she owns six cats, wasting a lot of coffee, requiring a lot of labor, they switched to a high-end Swiss, Swiss Scherer Coffee Art C machine that grinds and brews. Ah, okay, that grinds and – that machine that grinds – and brews individual cups at a time. This coffee maker is one of is the is one of the bean cup machines that prepares fresh coffee with a serving size, one cup at a time. There are very high quality commercial coffee machines and designed for home use. Unfortunately, unless you'd like to spend around thirteen thousand dollars on a machine that can make up to seventy or eighty coffee coffees per hour. <gasps> $13,000 on a machine. Holy shit. Because I remember when I went to Motorola in uh, Motorola um, in Fort Lauderdale, they had that crazy-ass uh, touchscreen fucking coffee maker, and that thing was insane. It made everything. Uh, other convenience stores and gas stations like Racetrack use these very good commercial machines. Oh, okay, Racetrack. At the Circle K, I recently visited to research the answer to your question. The machine was loaded with three different coffee beans. You could choose from two types of regular coffee, and they had decaf as well. Gross. There was 100% Colombian, described as a darker roast profile, house blend, which is more medium, roast, and decaf. Gross. It was my fourth coffee of the day, psycho, so I decided to try the decaf. Gross. It was quite good and also tried it a medium roast. That's better. So you find yourself craving a good cup of coffee and there's a Circle K nearby. You can actually get a respectable coffee there. Respectable. I like that. That's a good word. And it's pretty cheap too. There's a large 20-ounce coffee. Only cost me $1.69. The best value around. 
Now, there was an article attached to that about how Circle K turned to individual grind and broom machines. And since I'm going to waste my life, wanted to go ahead and read about it. Um, C-Store retailers drive uh, category excitement and enhance coffee sales with bean-to-cup expensers. Look at this guy. He's just happy to have a job. Convenience store chains are realizing the benefits of bean-to-cup coffee dispensers that grind each cup in order as they look to emphasize their commitment to freshness. Freshness. While also reducing labor, reducing labor and eliminating waste in the category. Okay. Last year, uh, Alimentation's coffee. Wait. Hold on. Let me read this carefully. Last year, Alimentation's Coutard. Okay. Incorporated. Circle K convenience chain rolled out its bean to coffee, bean to cup coffee on demand program to 90% of its over 5,600 corporate stores across the U.S. Wow, 5,600. Bed Bath & Beyond had that just a few months ago. Uh, according to Laura Meyer LaRue, the company's global communications advisor, by December, more than 13,400 of the share coffee art plus bean-to-cup machines had been placed in the stores. Uh, quote, our ambition is to deliver the freshest cup of coffee, and with a bean-to-cup machine, we ensure the beans are ground fresh for each cup and brewed in under one minute. I can vouch for that for sure. And I like how they, they can you can either fill it to the top or you can hit the other button, which says leave room for cre- uh, cream. And there's a stop button too if you just want to stop it all together. So super efficient, and it works. You know, You have control. You don't need ChatGPT to run this fucking coffee machine. Uh, just as important as the actual freshness of each cup is the customer perception of freshness that the bean-to-cup automatically lends to store coffee offerings, noted Mark D. Di- Dominico, director of customer solutions for Data Essential Research Form. Simply great coffee. Anyways, moving on. During Circle Case pilot testing, several types of equipment got a trial run to allow the company to solicit feedback from customers and internal staff. LaRue described customer reaction to the Simply Great Coffee as very positive. Circle K offers four core uh, core bean to cup coffee varieties, as well as regional specialty blends. Limited time offers are also introduced throughout the year. Brewed on demand. Pilot Flying J, which has a network of more than 900 retail and fueling locations in 44 states and six Canadian provinces, it first introduced bean to cup coffee in 2017 and now it offers it's more than 80% of its pilot and flying J location says, said Jimmy Fleming, the chain's beverage category manager. The company is continuing to evaluate. It's this offering to remaining stores in its network since, um, excuse me, quote, since it's brewed on demand, uh, bean to cup guarantees that we have fresh hot coffee available at all times. Secondary benefits include less waste and labor efficiencies. Fleming noted most locations have two to three, uh, bean to cup machines offering five core coffee varieties, plus one or two seasonals, so on and so forth. Um, enthusiastic customer response, Des Moines, Iowa based come and go K U M and go. Don't get excited. Mm, which operates 400 C stores in 11 States has been featuring bean-to-cup coffee in a store since the summer of 2017 and constantly receives enthusiastic customer feedback on the program, reported Connie Callahan, the C-Store chain's senior category manager of fountain beverages. You also notice that when you go to convenience stores now, the bathrooms are a hell of a lot cleaner. Just occurred to me. Today, come and go. Mm-mm. Store offers between two and four share coffee art sea bean cup cup of machines, blah, 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 providing six different varieties. We already said that. We know surveying our customers prior to the change, their biggest complaint regarding coffee was the typical convenience store coffee was not always available and that it was always hot, not always hot and fresh. These problems have now been eliminated. 
They have been eliminated. The elimination of waste ugh, is also an important benefit as we continue to seek out ways to reduce the impact on our environment. Okay, whatever that means, but cool. Other advantages to this technology include reducing store complexity and the labor in the coffee category. I, can, I can't argue with that. There's the old school uh, cappuccino machine right there. And then what you take is, like I said, about 20 to 30% of that, and then you move over to the coffee maker, and then you get your excitement on. Quote, since we've introduced Bean to Cup in our stores, we have found that a higher volume stores now are able to keep up the demand and increase sales. Customer feedback as we're sure it come and go. Mm-hmm. Management that the instructions for using the Bean to Cup technology is very intuitive and easy to understand. Last year, the company added a Spanish translation. <laughs> See, uh, Callahan said, I don't know why I find that funny. What's the matter with me? Callahan said that the machines are very easy for store associations to maintain. Maintenance is also trackable, showing when the cleaning cycle has been completed. Nice. Nice. Making sure that coffee equipment in surrounding areas are kept clean and well-maintained is still the utmost importance, D. Dominico said. So there you go. There's so much. I like that. Um, it does. It is. It's absolutely fantastic. I strongly urge anybody who's thinking about stopping out at Dunkin' Donuts or a Starbucks or a fucking whatever, if they, if there's a Circle K or whatever, uh, you whatever convenience store utilizes these types of coffee machines, absolutely. If it's if it's available and you feel safe going in there, and first of all, you can probably get this shit at like 4 a.m. You're good to go. I think that's your best bet. Get in there, get your coffee uh, on, and uh, you're welcome. And like I said, price-wise, 50%, 75% savings, probably between there, probably between those two numbers right there. And I'm, honestly, I think you're getting a better um, – I think you're getting – fucking – I don't care about suggestions. Piss off. Uh I think you're getting a better deal, and I think you're getting better flavor, and I think you're getting more satisfaction because you are literally customizing yourself. Don't be a lazy piece of shit. Go make your own goddamn coffee. Whether you're making it at home or you're making it at Circle K, make it your way. Moving on to the next article, we're going to get a little bit more serious now. Just a little bit. I'm not in the mood to be screaming and yelling, but we'll see. Ah, What do we have, 21 minutes? All right. Let's move over to the... uh, Handsome Sagar and the very beautiful Crystal Ball. And let's go ahead and dive into a very interesting topic that I have some interesting and mathematical thoughts on. Crystal, what are you taking a look at? There is a new shocking report out of Louisville, Kentucky. So apparently the Department of Labor found that two 10-year-olds were working unpaid shifts at a McDonald's restaurant. This is just as horrifying as it sounds. According to CBS News, officials said the children were not paid, yet sometimes worked as late as 2 a.m. And they, quote, I bet you they were paid under the table. Straight cash, homie. Prepared and distributed food orders, cleaned the store, worked at the drive-thru window, and operated a register. Investigators learned that one of the two children was allowed to operate a deep fryer that is a prohibited task for workers under the age of 16. I know people in their early 20s that shouldn't be touching shit that's fried. Now, there's a good reason kids under 16 are barred from working the deep fryer. It's really dangerous. Just a year ago, a 15-year-old in Tennessee suffered hot oil burns while working the deep fryer at a different McDonald's. Sounds hot. Now, the owner of this offending McDonald's, Bauer LLC. I like that dress. I mean, it's kind of autumn but she's pulling it off pretty well. Sexy-ass pumpkin. 
claimed no awareness of the fact that 10-year-olds were working the register, manning the drive-thru, and operating the deep fryer. Owner Sean Bauer told CBS News the kids were not approved to be in that part of the restaurant and that they were there at the direction of and in the presence of their parents. But this is far from the first child labor law violation from Mr. Bauer's company. They were hit with a $40,000 assessment after the Department of Labor found they had 24 kids under 16 working longer than... This is only seven minutes long. We're already six minutes in, so we're going to head and cruise, right? We're going to re- listen to the whole thing. you got to get some knowledge out of this podcast, at the very least. ...approved hours. Nor is this a problem confined to this one McDonald's franchisees. There are three McDonald's franchisees, which combined operate 62 McDonald's that were found to have worked 305 children longer than the allowable hours. Now, this is part of a larger trend, which through new laws and violations of existing laws is working to roll back a century's worth of child labor protections. According to the Economic Policy Institute, the number of child labor law violations has skyrocketed over 200 percent since 2015. And we have seen a 37 percent increase just year over year. A recent investigation found kids aged 13 to 17 employed by a meatpacking sanitation company. These kids were forced to clean back saws, brisket saws, and head splitters at meatpacking plants owned by some of the top names in big food in this country. New York Times recently published a heartbreaking report on the way undocumented kids are being funneled into a nationwide network of effectively indentured servitude, exploited for low wages, backbreaking labor, and horrifying conditions, all because their youth and immigration status make them easy prey. Just as disturbing is the successful industry lobbying effort to make some of these harmful practices perfectly legal. This year alone, eight bills have been pushed in six different states to roll back child labor restrictions. Arkansas made headlines when Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders signed a law repealing restrictions on 14 and 15 year olds as a group of children appearing rather bereft looked on. We covered recently how Iowa has gone even further. A newly signed law brings us straight back to Dickens with young teens working on assembly lines, in meat coolers, in construction, and in industrial laundries. And to circle back here to McDonald's illegally employing literal 10-year-olds, one of the main drivers behind these changes is the powerful National Restaurant Association, a giant lobby for big food interests, including McDonald's. More Perfect Union basically got one of their lobbyists to admit that they wrote the draconian Iowa bill. The timing of this push to get kids into meat lockers and handling deep fryers, by the way, is no accident. For my entire life, employers had the upper hand with workers in every single way. They could treat them as disposable, they could crush any fledgling union attempts, they could steal their wages, and they could pay them very little. Well, a lot of this is still going on, but now workers are starting to get a modicum of power back. Unemployment is low, labor market is tight. That gives individual workers more power on their own since they can leave an abusive, low-paying or exploitative jobs with a higher level of confidence that they will be able to find something else. In fact, even as inflation continues to bite, there are some decently encouraging things happening for the lowest wage workers. A working paper from the National Bureau of Economic Research finds that wages are rising quickest for the lowest paid workers and this trend has actually reduced inequality. That's a phrase I have not heard in my entire life. This trend has also shrunk the college wage premium. Retailers like Target and Walmart have been forced to hike wages in order to retain or attract the workers that they need to staff their stores. And obviously they're not doing all of this out of the goodness of their hearts. But rather than have to raise wages, big business would rather maintain their record-breaking profit margins and just find cheaper and more vulnerable labor. And that, of course, is where the kids come in. Employers love child labor for the same reason today as they did 100 years ago. Kids are cheap. They can be more easily manipulated. And crucially, they're less likely to form a union. 
In fact, it was the labor movement which successfully pushed the first federal child labor protections all the way back in the 1930s. Photographer Lewis Hine traveled the country documenting kids in dangerous and horrible working conditions. This shocked and horrified America. At the same time, activists made the case to the country that child labor was bad for everyone except big business because it also depressed wages for adult workers. That was a compelling argument at the time as the nation was struggling through the Great Depression. Organized labor made the success of this multi-pronged effort possible. Now, in our current moment, unions have been beaten back. Union density is at historic lows. However, employers, especially those in the service sector, feel the threat of potential unionization like they haven't in decades. Successful union drives at Starbucks, REI, Chipotle, and elsewhere, they have made fast food and retail a real target. The desire to avoid a union is another often overlooked reason that big business prefers to rely on young teens for their workforce or even apparently 10 year olds. Now, if there's one thing I've realized in the past few years, it's that bad old ideas, they're never really dead. They're just dormant waiting for a moment of opportunity to rear their ugly heads again. Whether it's the post-Dobbs whores, women being forced to bleed out in a parking lot until they're near death before doctors will actually treat them, or do effort to trap spouses in unhappy or abusive marriages by rolling back no-fault divorce laws, or kids being sent to clean head splitters in meatpacking plants when they should be, you know, doing homework and getting ready for school or just being kids. We must apparently remain ever vigilant to make sure that rights remain intact and that our fast food is not being served up by happy meal age children. These days, nothing is sacred. This story um, has sparked a national outcry just because of the tender age of just these youth. Just because they're so young. Yeah. Hey guys, ready? I have thoughts. Um, okay. Let me think here. Maybe try to fucking let me try to parse this out here. So, um, I can definitely see the argument and the validity of a ten-year-old uh, not understanding the potential dangers of a friolator. Um, and I can see why there are laws against that. Um, okay. So let's see. When did I actually start? like working, like actually receiving a check from somebody who wasn't family or, you know, friends or whatever. I think it was probably, what, 14? I'm pretty sure it was 14. I had a gig working at an auction house, basically taking items that were auctioned off and bringing them to the customers. Um, I was paid in cash or I was paid in the check either way. And that was it. And But I did that for one season. And then on top of that, and then when I was about, I think 15, 14 or 15, I worked at Subway and I was working there probably 20, 20, 25, 35 hours a week. And I worked there for an entire summer and then they closed. The the, the location closed and that was pretty much the end of it. Um, but then after that, I started working at a diner when I was about 16 or 17. Pretty sure it was 16, 16. And I was making what, $6.50 an hour? You know, and you work like 30 hours a week and you... You take home a couple hundred bucks. You got a couple hundred bucks. Imagine a couple hundred bucks and no fucking debt. And think about that. So this is between the ages of 14 and 16. That's what I was doing. Now, if I had that money, if I was making, like, see, if I was working 20 hours a week, um, let me see here, 20 hours a week, so about 200 bucks. So 20 hours a week times 
uh, six dollars and fifty cents an hour. That's one hundred thirty bucks. And he times that by fifty-two. Yeah, it's six thousand seven hundred dollars. Okay, so a little bit of that comes out of your paycheck, obviously for bullshit taxes and things like that. Things we really shouldn't have to pay. And it comes and, and you actually get a refund at the end of the year, cause cause are poverty, you know. You live with your parents. You're still in school. Now, this is when you're like 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. You're not making a lot of money. I think what's minimum wage right now? 725. I think in this state it is like seven, seven, eight bucks an hour. I think. I mean, obviously when I was moving on, I was making like eight, eight fifty an hour back then. Um, but when you're like 10, obviously if it here's the thing. I am definitely impressed the, the, with a 10-year-old who displays the professionalism to be able to serve burgers and fries and do it cleanly and do it quickly in an environment where there's violators and unhappy customers and things like that. But let's just look at the cat. Let's just look at the um, the money here. Let's look at the money aspect here because I find this extremely fascinating. Um, how do I want to view this? I want to view it. Is there a worksheet? Worksheets, mortgage, fuel lease, fuel economy. Oh, I never thought. I actually just wanted. I just wanted a bigger calculator. But I guess okay. So I have. I have here. Um, let's see. Obviously, I did it too much because when you're 10 years old, 11 years old, 12 years old, 13 years old, 14 years old, 15 years old, even 16 years old. I can see where, you know, obviously school is taking up six hours of your day, every day. So six, ta six times five, uh, you know, that's what, 30? Yeah. Yeah. So that's 30 hours a week. So it's 30 hours a week, you're in school. And then if you're working for a couple hours after school doing other shit, you know, but, and then if you work six hours, seven hours a day uh, on the weekends, like Saturday and Sunday at like a diner or at a restaurant or on a farm or whatever, doing whatever, mowing lawns, and you're making, um, you know, you're making a few bucks here and there. That money adds up, especially at the age of ten. So at the age of ten, at the age of ten, um, so let's say you're making, let's just say, set like. It, I, I see where Chris was coming from. So she obviously there are undocumented, you know, these illegal immigrants come across here. Their kids are here. They're being forced. So what are, what are they actually making? If the minimum wage is, you know, seven, eight bucks an hour, what are they making? Like seven bucks an hour? Obviously cash, whatever. Um, or even if you're just an American kid, you're just an American kid. You're 10 years old. You want to get a job and you don't, you don't have a lawnmower, so you can't contract the lawnmower business. Uh, you just want to get a job and you want to start saving up because let's face it, gas isn't cheap. Real, you know, things aren't cheap right now. And if you want to get ahead in this world, you got to start really young. So why fucking prevent the kid from having the American dream? You want to send them off to college where they're going to come back with $200,000 worth of debt and go to some bullshit ass, uh, work environment where they got to put pronouns in their fucking bio and then ha basically have this boring ass existence where they have basically no way out of it and no actual retirement plans. I mean, the idea is to not have to worry about money, so why not start them off early? And they'll still have a little bit of their childhood. I mean, first of all, what are you really learning in school nowadays? So let's just go, let's get right to it. Let's do the deal with the real situation at hand here. You start at 10 years old, so you are you okay? According to this, you are physically able to operate machinery, potentially dangerous machinery, in meatpacking plants and at restaurants. 
starting at the age of 10 years old. All right, so let's start at 10. Let's say you're working, you're still going to school, you get your evenings to yourself, you hang out with the family at night, dinner's home for you, you got no, you know, and all that stuff. You Let's just say 20 hours a week. 20 hours a week, you've also got the summertime. So, oh yeah, that's right, you got the summertime. Summertime, you could work 30 hours a week. All right, let's change it up. Let's do 30 hours a week. 30 hours a week, um, let's do 30 hours a week times, let's say, so, so uh, June, July, August. So that's three months. So that's what, eight, that's, um, so that's June, July, August. Okay, June, July, August, you can work 30 hours a week. So that's going to be four, eight, 12, so 12 weeks. 30 hours a week uh, times what? $7 an hour? Okay, let's do $7 an hour equals $210 times, let's just do times 12 weeks of summer. So that's 2,500 bucks. So 2,500 bucks, and then we've got uh, 52 weeks, so we got 40 weeks left. So let's just do, um, oops, excuse me. Let's do $7 an hour times 20 hours equals $140 a week times 40 weeks. All right, we got 5,600. So 5,600 plus 2,500. So 5,600 plus 2,500 bucks equals $8,000. So $8,000 in gross. At 10 years old, if you work for one year as a 10-year-old, you have, after taxes, probably around $7,000. So what's minus uh, 1100 bucks? Minus 1100 There you go. So you got $7,000 in net cash. Net cash. Straight cash, homie. You realize with $7,000 as a fucking 10-year-old, I could have bought my Ford Mustang GT convertible. <laughs> That car was only 6,800 bucks when I bought it. I still have it to this day, obviously. I mean, I love it, but I could, you know, I didn't know how to drive a stick shift really that well when I was 10 years old. But, I mean, actually at 10 years old, I just learned how to ride a bike because I'm a fucking idiot. So $7,000. All right, $7,000. 30 That's based on 30 hours a week in the summertime and 20 hours a week uh, during school hours. All right, so that's actually that's actually easily doable. That's very, very doable where you get your evenings and you get your holidays and all that other stuff, or you get some holidays. Um, so you're working hard as a 10-year-old. School don't make, you know, whatever, fuck school. So $7,000, you're going to school, you get some time for some homework and classes or whatever. Well, especially if you're a, you know, if you're a diversity student, then they don't give you as much homework. Um, so $7,000, now, that's a year. What's times that? Uh, what's times that by 10 years? So at $7,000, by the time you turn 20, if you're just working part-time for $7 an hour, times that by 10 years, you have $70,000. Imagine that, 70 grand. Now I added another um, 14,000 plus seven, th okay. So that's $70,000. Now, $70,000, you work till 20, you don't go into the military, you don't go to college, you just work. So we're at $70,000 plus another five grand for the past two years. So instead of going, um, let me go up. instead of going to college, 
you actually spend the extra two years working. So we're going to add, because we're going to um, add 30 hours a week, we're going to add an extra five grand. So we're going to do plus $5,000 because you worked additional hours. All right, and there you go. So you've got $75,000 cash. But this is over 10 years. What would you be doing with 10,000 what would you be doing with that 10 that that $7,000 a year? At this point it's roughly about $7,500 a year. You think it would just be sitting in a bank or would it be sitting in like a in like passive income stocks like PCE uh, PC PSEV or or, or PCF, or Whitestone Re, uh, Regional, or Real Estate Income Trusts, or even right now with a uh, APY on Weeble for like 4.1%, uh, you could be earning possibly like, you know, 10% a year, accumulative, because every year if you're getting 10%, if you start with seven grand and you put 10% on top of that, and then the next year you're 14 grand, you add 10% on top of that. Let's just say in general, you're making over 10 years, so 10%, 10%, 10%, 10%, plus the, the initial 10% gain over 10 years of $75,000. So let's just say 20% times 0 0.20, $15,000 plus your 75 grand, plus 75,000. $90,000. So 10 years of saving this money, not really spending it. Maybe there's a car in there somewhere. Uh, you really don't need, I mean, cars are cheap. I'm not going to lie to you. You can buy like a Lincoln, you can buy like a little, an old Lincoln Town Car, Mercury Grand Marquis, Ford Crown Vic, uh, older Toyotas, Ford Escorts, uh, Chevy Cavaliers for just a few, few grand. We're at $90,000. We're at $90,000. You work for 10 years. You're not even at legal drinking age yet, and you have $90,000 in cash. You started on a fucking fry later in McDonald's or washing dishes or working at an auction house or picking berries at a farm, and now you're shredded city. And you're still – you get two years of living with your parents. Two years of living with your parents, you get $90,000 at 10%. Okay, let's say you work another 10%. Like if you do um, – $90,000 times, you know, another 10%. You put that in a 401k, or you put that in a Roth IRA. Let's see. If you have $180,000, let me put it to you this way. Another 10 years. Now, this is at just now you're at 20. You're going to go full-time somewhere. You're going to go full-time somewhere and you're going to be saving an additional $5,000 a year. So now you're about to work for 10 years. You're about to work for 10 years on top of this. $90,000. You're going to work another 10 years. We're going to so we're now at 20. We're now going full time. 40 hours a week at probably $18 an hour somewhere. So at $18 an hour, here we go. Remember, we still have $90,000 in the bank. So now we're going to work uh, $18 an hour times 40 hours. We're at 720 bucks a week. You're definitely going to be clearing 600 bucks uh, there. So that's 600, $600 a week times 52 weeks, $31,000. Okay, so what are you going to be able to put away? That's the reality of it. This is just at 600 bucks a week. This is if you're just making $18 an hour uh, in this crazy-ass environment. This is minimal shit. <laughs> This is all starting from you being on a fry leader when you were 10 years old. You've got – you can put five uh, – if you're putting – if you're managing to put 
200 bucks a month, 50 bucks out of each paycheck um, for 10 years, you're going to do, let's see, $5,000 a year, which is doable, 100% doable if you're just focused on money, times uh, 10 years. Whoa, hold on. Did I screw that up? $5,000 a year, $5,000 times 10. Oops, excuse me, times 10. There we go. Okay, 50 grand plus 90 grand. Okay, equals. You're at $140,000. So 50 grand, obviously, you're going to have uh, an additional 10 years. So the 50 grand plus the 90 grand. 50 grand plus 90 grand. I'm just making numbers up, but these numbers are real. They exist. 50 grand plus 90 grand over 10 years equals $140,000 times the 20 times 20% gain, whether it's in the stock market, mutual funds, fucking um, uh, 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 you know, ETFs or or real estate income trusts or you have it in a four, not a 401k, but like a Roth IRA or some type of high yield savings account because interest rates are high right now. And you do this for 10 years, just saving money, driving relatively inexpensive cars, which I do. So we're at times, uh, times 20, oh, excuse me, times 0 0.20. Okay. So that's $28,000 plus hundred and. 40, excuse me, 140, equals. Okay, so we got $168,000. All right, so what is that in, say, let's just say this. Let's say PCEV, well, there's a stock out there, it's a, it's a passive income stock that pays like six cents a share. So that's divided by, right now it's like 6.50 a share. Let me double check here. Let me see how much PCEV is right now. It's got to bottom out around like $5 before it's going to go on a bull run. But I'm going to give you some ideas here of what we're doing. And we're just talking 20 years of working. You're at the age of 30. You're at the age of 30. You haven't you haven't uh, spent money on wedding rings or divorces or kids you accidentally, uh, you know, hmm, where'd this one come from? Uh, PC, PSC, PSEC. There we go. Prospect Capital. This is, it's like six cents a share. Okay, so it's 6.29 a share right now. So divided by 6.29 a share. That's 26,700 shares. So that's 26,700 shares times 0 0.06. That's $1,600 a fucking month. Now, what is $1,600 a month? All right. From the age of 10 to the age of 30, okay, you went from you went from literally making $7 a share. This is based on $7 a share at a 10%. Uh, this is at a 10%. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Interest. It's 10% interest on whatever you put the money into. 10% interest a year, and 10 years. No college. You had se you had seventy uh, you had what fucking yeah you had seventy thousand dollars and then from eighteen dollars an hour at minimum eighteen dollars an hour between the ages 
of 20 and 30. You take that money, which was 50 grand, put add the interest on top of that with your $90,000 that you also had from, and you ended up with, so your 10-year-old money and your 20, uh, 20 to 30-year-old money, put that together, 140 grand plus the 10 plus the 10 or 20% interest on top of that. That gets you 26,000 shares uh, of a over 26,000, almost 28,000 shares, 27,000 shares of a dividend-paying stock or whatever, and that pays you $1,600 a month. You by owning that many shares, it pays you that much in dividends. 1600 bucks a month. So now at the age of 30, at the age of 30, you're making $1,600 a month to sit at home and do nothing. So you now have a choice at this point. You now have choices. Okay? You're making $1,600 a month, which is times two, or excuse me, times 12, is $19,000. So you can continue, you can decide for yourself, do you want to work part-time? For the next 20 years, at age 30, do you want to retire at the age of 50? Do you want to retire at the age of 40? What do you want to do here? Do you want to do you want to continue to work? Uh, do you want to buy a house? You're you're 30. You can work full time. You're probably at this point making 20 something dollars an hour at the minimum, just working a stress a low stress job. 40 hours a week, 30 hours a week, either way, you're making like between, you know, you could be making between 18 and 2,500 bucks a month, but you're also making on top of that $1,600 a month and fucking interest. In interest, in the dividends, in the dividends. You're also, if you're up, which you most likely are, you freaking, you have capital on top of that. So if you sell for a profit, you sell for a profit, you have the cash, you can buy low and you can just Get more shares, or you can take that $1,600 a month that you are making off those dividends and buy back and buy more. And that cumulative gain will get you to a point where probably by the age of 40, you're fucking done. You're fucking done. We're talking about buying houses cash. We're talking about buying your home cash. We're talking about low mortgages. We're talking about low payments. We're talking about buying the cars you want, eating the things you want, traveling to the places you want to, having the acreage, living the life that you want to live. Isn't that fascinating? Like, you start at the age of 10 making $7 an hour. Time the age of 20, you had you had more money than the average American has in their fucking bank account by the time the age of 20. And you get some shitty little apartment somewhere and you just take literally you just have to figure out a way to get 50 bucks take 50 dollars and put it aside and the some of the simplest ways to save money and by the age of 30 you've got probably between 100,000 and 200,000 dollars in cash earning interest and it really depends if you were able to only put 25 grand a uh, 25 bucks a week into this fund or if you're able to put 75 or $100 a week, you're somewhere between 100 grand and 400 grand. You're fucking set. It is so easy to do this just by not making the stupidest of decisions, not going out and drinking every weekend, not going to knock somebody up, not fucking getting into relationships that you know are going to end, not uh, doing any unnecessary travels, not fucking buying your coffee at Starbucks every goddamn day, not making those retarded decisions. Oh, it's just part of the human experience. Really? The discipline you gain 
from working as a 10-year-old at McDonald's. Learning to cook for your, well, learning to cook for others before you cook for yourself. Learning how to save money at a young age. That discipline, that all that hardcore discipline of being a person who just learned how to not to shit themselves at the age of 10, all of a sudden having over a hundred thousand dollars in cash by the time somebody has got their two-year degree at New Hampshire Technical Institute. My God, somebody get me, please. Get me a basket of fries. I will celebrate the shit out of underage labor any day of the week, especially now that I see kids rolling up here with their fucking Land Rovers and their jacked up Jeep Wranglers rolling into a college that charges them somewhere between thirty and $50,000 a year just to go there and teach them about fucking pronouns. By the time they get out of there, they're a hundred something thousand dollars in debt and now they have to go and pay off their fucking Jeep Wranglers unless their parents are paying it for them. God knows how. And then they're just stuck in some bullshit corporate job for the rest of their life. My God, somebody please send me back to the age of 10 so I can take what I know now and just start tacking on those cheesies because by the time the age of 30 comes around, I'm working fucking part-time or I'm expanding the business that I've already worked on. This is... I get what she's saying. There are obviously some regulations in play. I do have some doubts about a 10-year-old flipping fries as far as playing with a fry later. But at the same time, I see some of the adults that are working in this establishment and they are not much better. Especially if you're on like fucking Instagram reels. My God, the things you see at some of these restaurant locations. Mother of Christ. I'll take a 10-year-old all day long. But you, the, look, I'm telling you the math. Here's the thing. The math is real. The math is 100% real. If you do if you do this for 20 years from the age of 10, and the age of 10, I'm talking about $7 an hour, which in some states is an archaic minimum wage. $7 an hour for 10 years, you're just putting that money. You don't have any debt. You don't. You don't have any debt at these ages, nor should you. You have $100,000 in your savings, and you're just putting it into a brokerage account, and it's just sitting there churning and burning and just fucking dumping pennies on you to the point where you're suffering concussion because there's so much coin falling on your fucking head. I'm serious. I'm. I look. If you have the chance, if you have the opportunity to work at a farm at the age of 10, do yourself a favor. Get off the fucking play PlayStation. Turn off your Netflix. Get out there and go pick some goddamn potatoes. There's nothing more satisfying than that because by the time age 20 rolls around, you realize you have a hundred grand. Your life is yours. And by the time you're age of 30, nobody can tell you what to do. Nobody can take anything away from you. There is nothing that life can throw at you other than like young cancer, sad, that you can't match, that you can't match with or you can't beat and say, fuck you. I've got all this time to do what I want. You can slow your work life down. Your work, uh, your work and personal life down to a certain percentage. You can go full time and work another 10 years to the age of 40, or you can just go full baller to the age of 50. Either way, I don't see you uh, working past the age of 40 or the age of 50. And if you're really even smarter with your money, you're retiring by the age of 35 and doing what you want. The math is there. So I say, go 10-year-old fry cook. You do you. I got to tell you something. Those chicks will look past those third-degree fucking canola oil burns when they see your bank account. Anyways, you can find me on Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm, facebook.com slash POS sarcasm. I'm on some of the other alternative platforms too, but if you want to find the audio version of this podcast, it's anywhere where podcasts are available, including Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podcast Addict, Apple Play, blah, 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 blah. 
Uh, Rumble.com slash Positive Sarcasm, Spotify, Positive Sarcasm, Facebook.com slash POS Sarcasm is where you'll find some of the video content. And of course, like, subscribe, share, donate, Positive Sarcasm.com slash donate. Any amounts appreciated. Weeble app in the affiliate description down below. Get your 10 year old self started with some free stocks, and that'll also support this platform. And then, of course, there's some merchware available on the merchware page at PS. In the meantime, Thank you for listening, watching, and subscribing. Go get yourself a Circle K coffee, and I'll talk to you all next week. Recorded here from the Spare Parts Studios, I'm going to the beach. This has been a Positive Sarcasm Presentation. <laughs>